From Ridershed Press and the Abundance Media, this is The Ridershed. Bookstores. We love them, don't we? Well, many of us could hang out in them all day long. Even go on vacations to find bookstores. I know people have done that, kind of a bookstore vacation. But how is the health of the indie bookstore these days? Do people still read? I'm David W. Berner, and this is another episode of The Writer Shed, a podcast on writing, art, and the creative life. Thanks for being with us again this time around. Uh, I've got the dog beside me this morning in the shed. It's a it's an early day, with a little bit of sun, not real bright, but a warm summer day, nice summer day, uh, candle lit. So we're feeling good here in the shed. And we're thinking about books and bookstores. City Books to Pittsburgh is a gem of a used bookstore. And Arlen Hess is the proud and grateful owner there. Arlen joins us from time to time on the shed. Uh, help us kind of keep note of the pulse of the indie bookstore business. She's back with us again today. And this time, among other things, we are wondering, are people truly still reading books? Arlen, it's good to see you again. It's been a while. Hi, David. Thanks so much for having me back. Yeah, it's always good to good to talk to you about reading in books and bookstore stuff and all of that. And um, and and I I would assume you know it's a funny thing because we were just talking off the show here prior to the show a little bit about your recent trip to London, mm-hmm. but we were also talking about the sort of sensitivity of whether you know you're you still feel COVID is with us or not with us, and you know and and whether you're comfortable with masking or not masking and. You know, as far as the bookstore is concerned, your store, City Books in Pittsburgh, you know, are you finding that people are out of the pandemic mode now when it comes to getting back to the bookstore or are they still leery of coming back to the bookstore? I have never stopped requiring masks. So there's a sign on my front door that says masks required, no exceptions. I will, I provide masks if people come, a a lot of people come in without wearing a mask. Okay. they say, you know, can I have one? Absolutely. I would never require masks without providing masks. You never have a problem with people saying, you know, I don't want to wear a mask. They're pretty, you know, amenable about it. To I've it. only had two people do that. Mm. And I've said, I'm, no, I need to wear a mask. And they're like, oh, forget it. And they turn around and walk out. So in three years, um, I've had that. How does that play into selling books? I... I don't even know how I feel about that sort of statement. I think people have been complaining that fewer and fewer people are reading for decades. And I cannot say that my business is hurting because fewer people are reading. Now I know that's, that's anecdotal based on, on me. I know statistically that people are reading less yeah, it's interesting you say that, but the, the interesting part of that, the other side of that coin from the, the surveys is that people are actually reading more. They're not reading books or they're not reading literature. You know, they're reading, they're reading their Instagram feed and they're reading their stories online, but, right? I mean, that's kind of what they're finding. I, I, I have so many questions about those sorts of surveys. Yeah. Like, I'd like to know how they are reaching the people who they are surveying. And yeah. I would like to know what their age group is. And I would like to know like, how many books, the, the people who have called themselves readers who are not reading as much now, how many books had they read 
in the previous year or the previous two years, you know, yeah. and pandemic notwithstanding, because I now live in a world that keeps me immersed in book Twitter and bookstagram and book talk on TikTok. Yeah. And the people and and because I because City Books has always been so active on social media and the age group of people who are as active on social media as city books is on social media is more like millennial and younger. And, and there are millennials now in their early forties. So yeah. I would even say sort of mid range millennial. Um, the younger people are reading and they're reading a lot. So I would like to know in terms of those surveys are the people who called themselves readers you know, are they reading two or three books a year? Are they reading 30 books a year? Yeah. So are they reading fewer than what they had read last year in 30 books? Or they're, if they're reading, if you read three books a year and you're reading 30% less or 60% less, you're only reading two, one or two books. But yeah. if you're reading 30 books a year and you're reading 30% less, you're still reading 20 books. And that's still pretty good. It's yeah, not it's enough good. to keep publishing in business. Yeah. What intrigued me about that article was the uh, discussion of people who are maybe starting books but not finishing books because mm. we're all in many ways for many reasons having um, attention yeah dysfunction right now I, I can admit to that and the, what the article implied was that people who are not finishing books tend to read without the same level of critical analysis and if that holds up and, and i just think looking at the world that does hold up that people who are not reading as critically then tend to not look as critically at the media they consume mm. or the other sorts of things they consume and i think we might see that playing out in the political sphere yeah but i don't I know if that. that's just i mean i don't know if there's any real connection to that i think a lot of those articles are claiming that the sky is falling and I don't think it is. Well, that's probably a good point. I think, um, I think sometimes there are conclusions made from surveys that are either black or white. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? There, there's mm -hmm. more nuance to this than I mm -hmm. think um, mm -hmm. than than either the article has time to, 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 uh, you know, delve into mm -hmm. or, um, or maybe the critical thinking of the writer isn't quite there either. You know what I mean? But um I think it's more nuanced than just in, like the sky is falling or things are great. You know, I think it's a lot more nuanced than that. Because I had always, you know, having come out of academia, I was I really had a stick up my butt and I really felt like I had to be reading literature. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the thing that it, the books that had always given me the most pleasure were cozy mysteries. Okay. And when I realized that I wasn't that I had stopped reading, like you had asked what makes a person stop reading like the question also the, the article addresses that what gets a person to start reading again. And so I started reading what I knew was going to give me comfort and what I knew I could get through and that would reel me back into a reading habit. And I got hooked into a cozy mystery series that got me through 2021. And I'm, I'm still, I'm, I've slowed down because I don't want to outread the books in the series because he's still writing them. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to overread and have to wait too long, but then that reading those have then, got me back into regular reading 
Yeah, maybe your point is uh, if you're going to try to get back into reading, don't pick something challenging. Don't pick something that would be easy to to to, to yeah. stop. Yeah, you know? I agree. I, yeah. I'm telling people as a when I hand sell and people are saying I haven't read in a while, but I miss it, or you know, I, I'm just not quite sure what I want to read. And if they're going away, if they're going on vacation, I will almost always recommend something plot driven because they want to read on the beach, but they want to be able to finish it and they want to be able to pick it up and put it down. And something that's plot driven will keep them reading because they want to know what's happening next. Like I would never recommend a hundred years of solitude to somebody who is <laughs> beach reading because yeah. you put it down twice. You can't pick it up again. That, that's your, your no. Under. Yeah. If you haven't read in a while, don't pick up Ulysses or something like that. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I heard someone say the other day, actually I've heard this some time ago when I released a book of mine years ago, I think my wife had said something to a friend of hers, something about, oh, yeah, I heard your husband had another book out. Yeah. Um, oh, but I don't read, the woman said. I don't read. And I recently heard that out of another person's mouth the other day. Just a colleague. Oh, I, I don't read. So how does that make a bookseller feel when you hear that? I know what it makes an author feel like. But when someone says, I don't read. I feel embarrassed for them, honestly. I, I, yeah, it's I, almost so, like, why would you feel that that would be something to say out loud? What, that, that, that's what I was going to say, right. So, so um, one of the last times somebody came into the store, um, a really good customer came in and she connected with me through uh, TikTok and she was, she lives north of the city and she came into Pittsburgh with her family and she brought her kids in and her, her teenage daughter who really did not want to be in a bookstore that day. And mm she was sort of hopping around with her arms folded across her chest and, you know, just quickly looking at all the books and, and she plopped herself down in a chair and she goes, oh, I just don't read. I, I mean, if she'd been my daughter, yeah. I would have turned to her and I would have said, Shh, don't admit that. Shh, don't admit that. Yeah. Um, now the teacher in me, I, you know, I always had first year students coming to my introduction to literature course saying, you know, I have a, one of my questions was, what was the last thing that you read? And we would start conversation that way. And, or the last thing that you liked to read, that was another mm -hmm. one of my questions. Yeah. And then, you know, they would always kind of roll their eyes. And then I would say, what was your favorite book when you were little? And then they would all want to talk. And I said to them, what happened? What made you stop having that gleeful attachment to a book or to reading to where you got to now and it usually had to do with being forced to read something they didn't want to read yeah yeah which is why i think this whole idea of what i should or shouldn't be reading or is it high literature or is it low literature or are audiobooks reading yes they are or is a graphic novel reading yes it is you got to read what you like and it's, and it's okay to not finish a book. If it's you don't okay. want to finish a book, put it down and pick up something that you like. Yeah. Because like the article says, reading helps you with empathy. It helps you with cognitive ability. There are studies that say it helps you live longer. You know, when you're teaching a, a literature, maybe you're teaching some classic or something. And, you know, to me, the only way to make it relevant to that 18 or 20 year old is to make it relevant to their world somehow. Yeah. Is this, you know, the sun also rises, isn't their world. Right. I, but, I, but in something in there is right. 
you know, I think there's a there's a disservice that's being done sometimes in some of the high schools, frankly, that they're not making those connections. They're just saying, oh, you need to read Tom Sawyer. Well, why? You know, and that's a legitimate question from a 16 year old. Right. Why? 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 The, the right question or the right answer is because there are things in there that relate to today. You know, prejudice yeah. for one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh God. Talk about yeah. Full of yeah. So yeah. it's 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 clear that you can make those connections, and I think that would hopefully. I mean, I'm not a guru at this, certainly, but uh, it seems to me that that would that would help uh, people maybe maybe lean toward um, picking up a book and, and allowing their imagination to take over a little bit too. So I, I was just interested in what 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 the bookstore owner does when they have somebody like that teenager you were talking about kind of huffing around in this in the bookstore not wanting to be there. You know, uh the other article that I I had mentioned to you uh you know prior to us getting together is a New York Times article and it's yeah. not the first memoir that's been written by a bookseller. Uh there are many out there. There's a couple of good ones uh of the gentleman who uh owns the bookstore in Wigtown, Scotland is also a, a fantastic mm-hmm. um kind of a diary of a bookstore owner, used bookstore owner's life. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was an antique book, um, antique bookstore in London. The gentleman had been there for many, many years. And the thing that struck me about it was that you always hear this phrase, uh, oh, I love the smell of old books, right? Well, he turned that around and said, well, if I hear that in my store, I ask them to leave because he says that those people never buy books. So, so someone who owns a used bookstore like you, you know, first of all, you probably do like the smell of old books. But of course I do. Yeah. yeah, of course you do, because you live with it. But the other thing is, how do you feel about that statement? I, I just find that statement fascinating. I get that a lot. And I have had some people come in and really sort of do bizarro things with the books to just in order to smell them. Mm-hmm. And most of the people who walk into the store do take a deep breath and they say, Oh, I love the smell. And most people do buy a book now uh, city books is a used and collectible bookstore it's not an antiquarian bookstore right and, different different animals right yeah. right so the price points are really different most of the time yeah um, i mean i do have some really really old expensive books i remind so i hear that i read that and i'm reminded of that british comedy called um black books which is about a really curmudgeon-y used bookstore salesman who really does not want people to come into his store. He wants to sit in his store and he wants to read all day and do what he wants. And I think there certainly is or was, uh, you know, a kind of old bookman. Very few people come into my bookstore and say, I don't read because they wouldn't be in there if Sure. They didn't read, you know, right, and yeah. I do have like dating couples. Like you can always tell a first date when they come into the bookstore and, you know, he's maybe just trying to please her because they had lunch across the street and she goes, Oh, it's an old bookstore. Let's go in. Um, I, I, I think that there's a type of oldie worldy style antiquarian bookseller who doesn't really want to deal with most people. <laughs> and maybe that's because most people don't really understand what goes into being an antiquarian bookseller. But when we were away earlier this month, we went to Yonkers Rare Books, which is in Henley-on-Thames, just outside of about 30 miles outside of London. And um, it was founded by, um, I believe he's Dutch, a man named Christian Yonkers. But 
his primary salesperson's name is Tom Ailing and he's like 26, 27. And he's super active on TikTok with a massive following. And I mean, he's, he meets people where they are. And I think that for book selling, whether it is popular books being sold independently or even in chain bookstores, or it's used booksellers like myself, or it's antiquarian booksellers. The only way that we can sustain this kind of business is to stop being so snooty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably true. I don't think there's a lot. I mean, I don't want to give the impression that there's a lot of snooty bookstore owners out there, but there. But you're right. There, there, it's kind of a cliched old style bookstore owner that yeah. really doesn't care to sell a book, but rather just sit in there and be with the books. Um, quirky and maybe, is good. I think we're all really quirky. Yeah, oh, quirky is fine. Would have to be, we would have to be quirky. And and that article said something about um, you know, the people who are in this business you know, are very likely not qualified to do much else. You know, it's a certain <laughs> kind of person who, yeah. who fits into this, into this world. And I saw, was it the, um, the documentary, was it called the booksellers? Yes. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's very, they were saying that in there too, that um, a lot of the people who are selling books, you have to have, it's almost a fetish for a certain kind of book. I think that Aquarius who have survived probably will survive because if they were going to die off or close, they already would have, mm-hmm. you know, we were at, we went to Sotheran's hilarious. They have a hilarious TikTok. Hatchard's still there going strong. Antiquarian bookshops are going to survive, but they have to be able to meet people where they are. They have to be able to pivot. They have to be able to engage and, I don't know. I'd like. To, I, I haven't read the memoir, but I, I definitely will put it on my TBR list. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I would end our conversation with just this question: If you were, if you were contemplating anybody out there who would be contemplating the idea of opening a bookstore today, an independent, either you know, new bookstore or used bookstore, would you tell them to do that? Would you say go for it? You know what? In the past year, two independent used bookstores have opened in Pittsburgh and the second one had its grand opening Friday night. Pittsburgh has opened fungus books and bottom feeder books in the past year. Yes, I would tell them to do it. If it is your dream to do it. And I actually have had a a customer um, who's sort of doing pop-ups out of her, out of her garage and out of her car. Uh, Yeah. I would say if it is your dream to do it, you can make it work. I would say, keep it niche. If you can keep it small. You know, if you, if you like the idea of hobby books or you like the idea of cookbooks, you know, I w- it, it might be hard to be a generalist nowadays. Mm. And I would test the waters by doing something small, maybe co-inhabiting space with somebody else or trying pop-ups for a while. But if somebody had told me that I would be successful at this, I mean, and, and I'm, I, I am successful at this. I, I don't want to over, I mean, I don't want to, kind of blow my own, but I'm much better at it than I thought I would be not having come from a business background. I feel like I'm achieving more in the business world than I ever did in the classroom. And I wouldn't have believed that was possible. Wow. 
So I think really, whether it's starting a bookstore or transitioning in life into something else, I, you know, and maybe I'm just older. I don't know if I would have said this when my thirties, but um, I am on this side of having taken two major risks the same in 2015. Uh, I would say I take more risks. I was not a risk taker most of my life. And I took two massive risks in 2015. And from this side, they, they've just been, they've been wonderful for me. That's good. That's a good note to leave it on. Hail the bookstore, hail city books, keep on yeah. trucking. Hail right. the books. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Arlen, as always. Appreciate it. It's great to see you. Talk to you again. It's, it's my pleasure. Take care of yourself. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of The Writer Shed. I'm David W. Werner. Production and interviews for The Writer Shed, always produced inside the shed. You can find out more about Writer Shed Press at writershedpress.com and at The Writer Shed on Medium. You can also sign up for our newsletter there. Find us at Writer Shed Press on Twitter. We are also accepting book manuscripts for publication in 2023. The deadline extended now to September 1st, 2022, so take a look at that. All the episodes of The Writer Shed, available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.